Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. All right. Um, For a podcast about abortion, I have referenced Joyful Marketing at least 10 times. <laughs> so this is another um, a, another um, episode that stemmed from the community in Joyful Marketing, which is just a business marketing program, um, but a very unique and beautiful business marketing program with Simone Soul. And um, we are recording this halfway through um, something she's running right now, which is called Summer Camp. And today's guest, Bryn Bamber, posted in summer camp, (laughs) I love it, Um, about a workshop she was going to run called the Rage On Workshop in response to the overturn of Roe. Correct me if I'm getting any of this wrong. Um, And I know many, well, pretty much all of my clients and probably most of my listeners are working through their own levels of rage in the last, um, actually went to a, I went to a gathering on the, you know, town common where I live mm-hmm. yesterday, cause it was the, um, the one month overturn. So we've been feeling rage for, well, probably all of our lives. Um, <laughs> most of us, <laughs> uh, but in the last, since the draft leak and then the finalization of the overturn of Roe, um, many people in this community have been um, been feeling more rage than is always comfortable to process. And how do you integrate that with all the personal healing your work you're doing? Um, the news and media and social media is triggering a lot. And so, you know, I don't love the word triggering, but it's really doing that. It's activating a lot of anger and a lot of grief for people. So when I saw that you were running this workshop, I was like, oh, come on my podcast, talk (laughs) about your workshop. (laughs) So that's what led us here. Um, Although Brynn and I are both in um, some of the same circles and certainly in joyful marketing, like we don't really know each other until now. So this is just an exploration of um, of her work because I think this workshop will be valuable for some of the, well, for, probably all of the listeners, but some will definitely be like, sign me up. How do I, how do I, how do I manage my anger? So there's my long introduction, but I have not really said anything about who you are, or what you do. So why don't you introduce your audience um, to who you are and what you do and why, um, why you're here, why you are running this workshop. And then we'll talk more about the workshop and life. <laughs> Awesome. Yes. Okay. So my name is Bryn and I am a trauma-informed witch. And what that means to me, because I think it could mean all different kinds of things to other people, but um, I did my training in something called core energetics, which is a kind of somatic psychotherapy and really focuses on processing a lot of 
feelings in the body and embracing our quote unquote negative feelings. So, you know, in society, we think that sadness is bad and anger is bad and fear is bad and happiness is good. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that kind of um, characterization of emotions, but but we are, we do see certain emotions as bad. We've all been raised in this culture, or if, or if you were raised in the West, you were raised in this culture. And so um, a big focus is processing emotions in the yeah. body. Mm -hmm. And the reason I'm running this workshop is in part because I think I mostly work with folks who are socialized as women. And we were really taught to shut our anger down. If you are angry, you're a bitch, or you're too much, or you're so emotional, or, you know, um, folks socialized as Black women, there's the stereotype of the angry Black women. There's all these kind of negative thoughts about folks socialized as women expressing anger. Mm -hmm. really at all and and that was my experience growing up as a kid I think partially because of the patriarchy and just partially because of my family it was really not allowed in my household unless you had a very like logical explanation mm -hmm. you just felt angry it was like well you don't have anything to be angry about like mm -hmm. so it's like if so so and so like killed your brother okay <laughs> but like unless you had to kind of really explain why like justify your anger justify your anger mm -hmm. which i mean we have a, a you know with roe there is definitely um a huge justification and you know i guess for me a huge part of my healing was allowing my anger reconnecting to my anger i was so i was such an anger repressor that sometimes my friends would be like i think you're angry like i think you're mad about this and i'd be like no i'm fine like i don't know what you're talking about like i was so cut off mm. i had just learned to completely cut off from my anger and it was so healing to get back in touch with it, not just intellectually, because I think mm -hmm. intellectually, I have always kind of been like the social justice warrior. And I was angry about, you know, these types of issues, even before I did this healing work, but it was kind of like from the head, like I was cut off, my body was cut off, the anger wasn't like integrated, and I wasn't processing it physically, which was causing a bunch of like negative impacts like i had very very high anxiety and i think that was partially caused by this like enormous mm. bubble of repressed rage mm -hmm. that I, was, I, I just saw like a reel from someone who i didn't even really resonate with very much didn't follow her work but that was exactly her message was like so much anxiety is coming from anger yeah yeah because you're you're you know it's it's natural for us to stomp for us to kick for us to you know if you think of a little kid that's angry they know exactly what to do right they throw themselves on the floor and they like flail and that is how we process anger like anger is fight energy right if you think about mm. fight flight freeze mm -hmm. on so you're in a stress cycle when you're angry 
and you need to complete the stress cycle. Mm-hmm. And you know, the best way to complete the stress cycle is to stomp or to <laughs> yell or to, you know, do all these things that our body naturally wants to do. But that if you're socialized as a woman, you're probably taught you're not allowed to do or it's unladylike or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And and then it can lead to all these health problems because mm-hmm. then you don't complete the stress cycle. You don't mm-hmm. move it through your body. Then you're in the stress cycle all the time, which is, you know, sometimes can for me, the way it looked like was this kind of low or high level anxiety all the time. Mm. And so because getting connected, reconnected to my anger and then learning how to do it physically in my body was like such a healing, such a huge healing, significant thing for me. I'm so (laughs) passionate about like having other people have access to this and learning about this and learning how to how to do it on your own and um yeah so the workshop was kind of you know the workshop had been bopping around my head and I thought I had to do it in person it's really fun I actually have run this a workshop called Rage On in person before which was amazing so fun and so I was kind of like, but I want, you know, I've connected to so many people all around. I mean, I'm up in Canada, so, mm-hmm. you know, we're still feeling the feelings about Roe, but it's a little less intense up here because it's not, yeah. it's not our rights mm-hmm. being stripped away. Um, so I was like, okay, I have to do like a I'll do it on a weekend, like maybe a full weekend. I want to give like people four months notice so they can book plane tickets. <laughs> and, like, ah. and then I joined summer camp and um, I was like, oh, I want to do the launch one. There's a one of the activities is called the zipline launch at summer camp. And then I was reading it and she was like, lightweight, like make it easy, keep it simple, mm-hmm. like do it the easiest way possible. And initially I was like, okay, I'm going to, there's this thing I'm already selling, like I'm already selling these somatic packages. So I was like, oh, I'll launch, like I only have four. So I'll like launch those four spots. And then I had a session with a client and it was like rage. (laughs) And it was like, the client was like, oh my God, this is like so fucking amazing to know this. And you know, she's also a coach. She's like, I'm teaching my clients it. And like, just like, I was just like, ah, oh, that idea that I had that I had made really complicated. Yes. <laughs> came back into my head. And I was like, okay, what if I let myself do it on Zoom? Right? Yeah. Like, of course, I yeah. want to do it in person. It's like more fun for me when I, Core Energetics, we use all this different equipment. And it's fun to have like access yeah. to all the equipment yeah. and everything. But I was like, okay, zipline launch make make it easy keep it simple and just fucking do it and then i can do it in person in four months if i want exactly to. i was gonna say that it's not like you can't now do it in person too okay <laughs> but like let's just like fucking get this out because people yeah, really need it it was just a reminder that people really need it and i think part of the reason is grow and part of the reason is fucking like centuries of folks socialized as women being taught that you don't get to have 
yes feeling so it's a so it's not going to be focused you can be when you attend you can be angry about whatever the fuck you want to be angry about there's no like work and and you know the people who are drawn to me are probably 99 percent angry about Roe. you know like I don't among other things I mean there was plenty for us in the U.S. in particular to be angry about that week (laughs) yeah yeah oh my gosh Uh, much in the news and then there's so much in our families too you know yeah that I, I mean not everybody some people have amazing relationships with every family member but I find you know with a lot of my clients it's like it's like these combination angers where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm still angry about this thing that happened 20 years ago. And now I'm also angry about Roe. <laughs> and it's just all. Yes, exactly. And that's what a trigger is, right? Like mm-hmm. you used the word trigger earlier. It's like, and, and we, know, we don't know, like, I think one thing that's kind of helpful to figure out is like what percent of the anger is like 2022 anger and what percent of the anger is you know 1993 anger yeah well and, and even 2022 anger is i mean yeah uh, abortion was, have been on the well it's not just abortion right like you're whatever reason you were angry in 1993, maybe because your parents shut down your anger about a party you wanted to go to or um, whether or not you could play with your best friend, there were power dynamics and probably patriarchy and misogynistic behavior and um, religious oppression. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's all the same. Like, it's, I guess is what I'm saying is like 2022 anger and 1993 anger, when we really think about it, come back to a lot of the same issues. It's right. like just a different flavor of it now. Right. And it's your five-year-old brain or your 10-year-old brain kind of processing it versus yeah, your exactly. 35-year-old exactly. or 55-year-old brain. Yeah. As you were talking, I had this wonder, I've probably had it before, but I was wondering, like, in some ways, it feels like in the last, I don't know, I'll just say five years, we've just been, like, exposed to more and more and more that's, like, deeply enraging. (laughs) Even those of us who've been paying attention for decades, like, it's partly because of social media, media in general, the way politics have gone, like our exposure to things that enrage us is is just getting more and more and more present. And there was a little piece of me that was wondering as you were talking, like, does it have, like, is it this bad so that we learn how to process our anger? Like, (laughs) like in the big grand, like universal spiritual theme, like, is this just a way for like does it have to get this is does this much shit have to hit the fan for us to learn to deal with these just very simple things of processing our feelings processing our anger like and I'm not making any conclusions here but I just wanted to say out loud that 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 popped into my head it's like is this just part of the big human evolution is like it's got to get 
we're so stubborn as humans that it needs to get this bad for us to, to figure it out. I don't know. I think, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to try to answer that. I think it's <laughs> a question to ask and I'm just going to let it like sit in the ether. But um, what I will say is that anger is a sacred emotion in my opinion. And it is an emotion that fueled the civil rights movement and that mm -hmm. fueled uh, all every feminist movement and so many of these other important movements. And it's also the energy that creates healthy boundaries. Mm. You know, like one of the things I see with my clients a lot is folks trying to set healthy boundaries but not being connected to their anger so their tone of voice and this was totally 100 percent me which is why i attract these clients mm -hmm. but your tone of voice doesn't match your words so it's kind of like oh um i'd prefer if you didn't do that you know as opposed to like i need you to stop yeah. i need you to stop right now yeah um so i think part of the sacredness of connecting to your anger is building your capacity for healthy boundaries, building capacity mm, to protect yourself that. and to protect your, because, you know, there shit has been hitting the fan for five years and more. And I know yeah, it's just like an arbitrary number I picked. Up. Yeah. And it's different. <laughs> and social media for sure is like so cool because we're, we're subverting the mainstream media. And so, you know, like the Me Too movement and the Black Lives Matter movement and all these movements that were kind of like shoved to the sidelines. It's like, okay, fuck you, mainstream media. We can all talk to each other now. So we're gonna report the news. Exactly. <laughs> if you're not gonna report this or the majority of reporters are not gonna tell this particular story, we're gonna tell yeah. it ourselves. And then mm -hmm. the mainstream media has to react because millions of people are using the same hashtag. Um, so I think that is like so cool and also can be overwhelming to mm -hmm. have that all in in your feed in your your consciousness day to day. And one of the cool things about healthy boundaries is like, you can unfollow a bunch of people. <laughs> Because, you know, it's like I, since I have done a lot of this healing work, I don't get overwhelmed. Not that I don't get overwhelmed ever, but like I don't follow any news account. Actually, I don't follow anybody right now. That's my new like thing because I get like compare and despair if I'm following like colleagues sometimes and um, just for my mental health and like, yes when Roe happened, I read some articles. I wasn't like, la, like, I'm not like, la, 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 I don't want to know. But do I want to know five times a day? Mm. Yeah, how do I, I want to know? Don't, how many how times I... a day do I want to be slapped in the face with this, mm -hmm. these horrible things? And like, so that I can, because I want to go out and I want to make a change. I want to be an agent of change. I want to, you know, shake shit up and make it better and how do I need to protect my energy so that I can do that and stay informed but staying informed doesn't mean I need to like know every update minute by minute it's like I can you know when a big thing happens when a 
school shooting happens or whatever the fuck terrible thing happens, I do like take some time and I'm like, I'm going to read some articles. I'm going to sit, I'm going to read full articles, not like a tweet. Right. <laughs> or a headline. <laughs> yeah. I, and I want to know kind of what happened, mm -hmm. but then I don't want to know anymore until I do. Or even, you know, one of the things I've said to, to clients too, is like, I'm going to read a whole book on this topic. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to follow everybody on social media. I'm not going to follow. I, I did that. And, and for, and everyone's nervous system is different. And my nervous system happens to be incredibly sensitive. <laughs> and so this is like me creating the right size boundaries for my nervous system. So I'm not saying this to say you should do it or any of the listeners should do it the way I mm -hmm. do it. Like mm -hmm. we all have to find what works for us, but for me, it's like, I'd rather read a whole book on racism or on abortion rights or on whatever, than and, and be able to say, okay, now it's my reading time and I'm ready <laughs> to take in some, yeah. Yeah. some information that's not so positive than to have it in social media. And, you know, like I'm addicted to social media, like whatever. 90% of people or whatever. <laughs> and so to have it like just slapping me in the face. Yeah. I love the words you use the right size boundaries for my nervous system. That's so important. And I think that's like <clears throat> one of the things in this age of information, we didn't, we didn't have access to understanding our nervous systems or our mental health the way that we do now. And everyone's there is a different right size for everyone. Totally. So I love, I just love totally. the language you used. Like political heads and they love to like know everything all the time and be connected. And like that, yeah. I think I would not be able to like do any of my own work. Yeah. If I, I did that. that. <laughs> but yeah. I also yeah. love this reminder that like um, anger fuels, I forgot what, language you used but for me I wrote down it fuels revolution right like mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. yeah I yeah I can't remember what language you used at all but that's what I wrote I, down examples I just said like <laughs> feminist movement civil rights yeah movement. yes exactly right right and so I wrapped that up into a bundle mm -hmm. yeah yeah so unprocessed anger is not necessarily, I mean, it, it can cause harm and be a part of the revolution, but I think the true revolution we're all craving is coming from processed anger yeah. fueling the revolution, right? Yeah. It's like, I'm having this intense emotional reaction. I can react and do something fiery with my rage. Mm -hmm. That's one option. Another option is to process, let it move through me and then decide what to do yeah. with my rage. Yeah. <laughs> and so I imagine in my head that that is some of what you would, what I would talk about if I were running a workshop called Rage On. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I don't know that that's what yours will look like. Totally. I, I mean, I don't have the whole lesson plan yet, but what I can say is, um, yeah, anger comes into our body, right? And we have a couple options. We can 
suppress it. We can process it or we can dump it on somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why, you know, one of the reasons we see anger sometimes as this negative thing is we see the dumping on somebody else and we're like, oh, I yeah. don't want to do it that way. And that's an option, but it's not the only option. And then, you know, what I find is once you process it, sometimes you process the anger and then it's gone. Yeah. And, and you're good. And, and then when it's a sacred anger or what I would call like a higher self anger, something like that, it's like you process it and you still feel angry, but you feel more grounded. Mm -hmm. You're not like, you're not like jittery. You're not like about to punch somebody. You're not like, yeah. You don't want to scream at your kid or at your friend or, you know, you yeah. don't want to cut some off in, in traffic, all of these like impulses that are like totally healthy, right? We, we're animals, we're mammals. This is our survival instinct sticking, to, you know, kicking in. And so like the fact that you maybe have the impulse to like hurt someone is not a bad thing it's like that's your survival brain running mm -hmm. so that mm -hmm. you know back in the day if a lion came at you or at a family member of yours or or someone from a village that you were at war with came at you, you would react <laughs> you could fight and save your life or save your people's yeah. lives and so to just first of all start with like every single human has it <laughs> you you don't there's no program where you don't get it and you know my experience as a chronic anger suppressor is that when you suppress it it comes out sideways and it comes out at in in times that you don't want it or and it comes out in ways i think it for me i i didn't even realize like i was like being kind of you know passive aggressive with my speech or whatever when i was in that world it was just coming out and i thought it was justified and fine mm -hmm. and um but yeah when you process it i think you can come into this grounded place and sometimes yeah it's like i can like process a shit ton of anger about roe v wade and i'm not like after i'm not like now i feel like a peaceful buddha it's like, right. no, i'm still like <laughs> fucking pissed yeah and now i can as you said make that choice of like where am i yeah. gonna direct this how am i gonna use this energy and the beautiful thing about that for me is like it's energy yeah it's like, it's like yeah. motivating it like is propelling it's like yeah makes like you know certain posts that i write are just pour out of me because i'm like you you know like yeah funneling this energy and it's not it doesn't even feel difficult to like write or 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 speak or on a podcast like this or you know creating the workshop or whatever it's like it feels good because it's yeah. like it's powerful yeah. <laughs> rage and anger is powerful and yeah when we're a little bit more grounded you can really be conscious and be like okay i want to put it here yeah. okay let's fucking go we're gonna we're gonna change something yeah absolutely i think that I think when we process the rage, we are able to fuel like sustainable activism, sustainable like advocacy, sustainable like healing work. 
Um, and we all saw, right, like shit happened and then everyone reacts, everyone's pissed about it. Or and time. then a week later, they're like having a margarita party or, you know, like, yeah, so many people have this burst of rage and then it just disappears and it. And part of that is their own survival, right? Like I did have a burst of rage, but I don't know what to do with all that rage. So I'm just going to go back to my regular life where I don't have to think right. about it. I'm going to numb it out. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, but like, it does not sustain change that will create a revolution. Like totally. if you want to be a part of the change, you have to figure out how to process the feelings inside of it. Totally. When you started this, when we started talking, I was thinking about the different layers and levels of anger and thinking about, you know, there are many people who've been angry for a long, long time because like, we'll just go back to the row example specifically. They've been angry for a long, long time, seeing this coming. Mm-hmm. And it was when you were talking about justifying your anger. Um, and for a long time, people said, oh, you're overreacting. Like, don't right. worry about right. it. Nothing's going to happen. Hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Yeah. And then after the official overturn, it's like, there's the, there's the justification, like, see, I told you all that anger I had was valid, but then there's also the anger that's like, why didn't you pay attention? And yeah. And just like so many layers and, um, like everything is just like very complex. And I think the more we can just look at it and open the doors to thinking about it, um, the more we can all heal and make a difference. So totally super pumped for your work in the world. This is really awesome. Thanks. Yeah, no, I watched that. Um, there's a documentary on Netflix. You probably know called Roe v. Wade and it was made before, you know, things were overturned, but basically in the documentary, it's like, you know, it's coming. Yeah. Like the judges are being changed. Like it's just a matter of time until the right test case gets through and that they um you know I don't even remember 10 years ago or 20 years ago or something they made it way less powerful like it's already been it had already been like made less powerful and now it's you know what happened a month ago was just that final erasure but but it had already been like picked and well that's the thing is like apart one thing a lot of us are noticing now, at least being willing to admit and look at is like in our country, it's like the Democrats and the Republicans and there's so much more to politics, but the Republicans actually are very skilled in fueling sustainable activism. (laughs) (laughs) They have this long-term vision and even when it doesn't go their way or things don't um or things get crazy they don't really care they're focused on the long-term vision of what they want and that is why they can do something like take away rights that we've had for 50 years because all along they were focused on the long-term vision processing everything they were going through, through that long-term vision. And in general, Democrats 
don't have quite the sustainability. So it, it's really, it's really opening up a lot of fascinating discussions. Um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, the documentary is great. I, I recommend anyone watch it who likes documentaries, but they also talk about how Republicans used to actually be more pro-choice and um, yeah. is it reversing row that you're actually referencing? Oh yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I was like, maybe there is another one and I don't know about it. But <laughs> no, no. Yeah, right. it is. It's called a reversing room. Yeah. Yeah. And how the that they were initially like, you know, anti-government, get your laws off my body. And then they wanted to attract the evangelical voter. Yeah. And so yeah. they fully changed their stance to, you know, pander to a certain audience and it worked. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and now it's like it is this thing that is very politicized that originally wasn't, which was so I'm just like, because oh, that's the other thing. It's like you and I met in joyful marketing and I'm really one of my like things right now is like marketing fucking changes the world. <laughs> like they're good marketers. They're really good marketers. And so <laughs> they were like, they were like, exactly. They were like pro-choice. And then they're like, oh no, we want to get this voter. So let's create this like, whole narrative. Exactly. And talk about, you know, I can't remember all the details from the documentary, but even the way they describe certain abortions and, and pictures and blah, blah, blah. Like it's yeah. marketing, their marketing campaign's amazing. And yeah. so I'm like getting super on fire about being a kick-ass marketer. Cause I'm like this, fucking changes shit this yeah. is how and I used to be like eh, sales and marketing is gross and horrible but now I'm like no you know who's a great marketer fucking Nelson Mandela was yeah. kick-ass marketer and had a long-term vision like you're saying yes exactly like a 50-year vision that he and so many other people wasn't just him right but so many other people held to that vision yeah, so that's a great question for people who not, are not even in business per se, because that would be probably a lot of listeners in this um, in this audience. It's like you're marketing something. You're marketing your beliefs. You're marketing your your ideas. Like, what do you want to market in the world? Um, so this is not just a, like Bryn and I are in joyful marketing for business, but like, this is not just about business. Like what are no, you marketing? About move, yeah. Like Nelson yeah. Mandela didn't study marketing in school. Right? <laughs> he was a lawyer, but he became, you know, it became, I just read his book. So I'm like obsessed with him, but um, it became that he wasn't any words that he wrote were not allowed to be published in newspapers because he was so like skilled at just like being like, this is not fair. This is bad law. Like these laws are corrupt. Like yeah. <laughs> what he was saying was like, not that, you know, shocking. Just like, I think what so many of us are saying in this, you know, feminist world or this, pro-choice world it's not like what we're saying is like rocket science necessarily <laughs> but we're just trying to get the word out that like this is really hurting people yeah i know it's crazy like the the message we're marketing is so simple 
and we're overcomplicating it so much like that the other message gets through like the other message has essentially won in this particular case like right now yeah in this um moment. the fight's not yeah. over but yes yeah. oh gosh no no but but yeah to yeah that i'm like okay we gotta get we gotta get good with slogans we gotta get you know because that is something that sometimes it seems like the republicans are pretty good at they can yeah. like distinctly oh my gosh i just saw like uh you know somebody probably follow on instagram but i saw like a ted i don't know how well you know our politics down here but i saw a ted cruz event and um and it was basically like a circus show like the entire thing was not politics it was entertainment yeah and it was just like it was like you were at a pink floyd concert or something and i'm totally dating myself it was like you were at a you yeah. know whatever um, and do a little back. It was so wild. Like this is crazy. No wonder so many people are listening to this message. I don't necessarily want us to treat politics like entertainment, but we can learn from that and be like, no wonder the message is getting through. It's very entertaining on many sensory levels. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. And I think, you know, like it is, I can get into my business and I can be like serious and I got to cite studies and I got to blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, sometimes when it's just off the cuff and I'm like, I just wrote a blog post that was like, embrace your inner bitch, which is basically everything we've been talking about today about like why folks socialize as women should, um, you know, get in touch with their anger. But it was like the steps were like notice when you're bit feeling bitchy and like just making yeah. it like fun and playful and a little bit like I don't know sassy or provocative or something yeah. as opposed to being like especially when I started like writing being like dun 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 you know citing all my research yeah. and like yeah. talking like an academic with yeah how do we talk like real people and relate to the real people in the audience. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, do you, have you picked a date for your workshop or should people follow you to um, find out when you're offering it? Like, have you? So I have, I put out a survey, so I'm kind of letting the masses pick the date. Right now, the date that has the most votes is Wednesday, August 3rd from 1 to 3 p.m. EST, but it is, trailed pretty closely by Saturday, August 20th from one to three. <laughs> okay. PMS. Where do you, um, where can people follow you so that they can either, will there be a replay? Like, is this something that yeah. you'll do again? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I want, um, yeah. Even if people can't make it live, I want to kind of make it as like a toolkit so that you learn how to process your anger and that you, you know, get to keep these tools forever. So you don't have to come live if you can't. Um, the best place to follow me right now is on Facebook, just to add me as a friend. I don't use my business page, okay. but um, Bryn Bamber on Facebook. Mm -hmm. and, and that's Bryn with one N. One N. Yeah. And B-A-M-B-E-R. Yep. Yeah. And if you Great. really want to, you know, uh, get more into this. Um, I have the newsletter where I talk about this kind of either social justice or trauma and processing and anger and all of the things. Yeah. Good. 
people are welcome to join. And if you're on the newsletter, you'll definitely get all the links updates. To yeah, kind of thing. great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And um, I think this is a it's a really valuable conversation, whether people participate in the workshop or not. Um, but I, you know, I think I highly recommend continuing for listeners to explore this work and understand um, new ways to, to process their anger and understand it. So you are a fantastic resource for that. Thank you for being here um, and all kinds of yummy blessings for your workshop. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so fun. I love talking about anger and social justice. <laughs> all those things so thank you so much for having me so good thanks for listening and as always please consider sharing rating and reviewing this podcast it helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion if you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.